If it's March, there must be madness, and the madness has already started because March is just crazy. Transfer portal officially open for all students today with uh, grad transfers uh, up and up through today. We have NFL free agency. You can start talking teams. Uh, signing actually won't really be official until Wednesday. America's filling out its brackets, and this is the best time of year, Dave. It's the best time of year. The NFL needs to hold their horses. The transfer portal is incredibly vital to what your team is going to look like going forward, but I, I don't have a ton of time for it right now. Maybe at the end of the podcast, we'll talk about the Panthers trading for the number one pick. Maybe we'll get to the winter season ending and what the future is going to look like, but it's round the clock round brackets. The clock. I, I must tell you, over the last three or four days, I've woken up early. I've gone to bed late. I've been absolutely exhausted at the end of the day because watching 14, 16 yeah. hours of basketball a day, it's exhausting. it is tiring, man. Crunching numbers Crunching and numbers. brackets. I, I am, I'm fired up. I love this time of year. It is so much fun. I think there are a lot of really big picture, interesting things to talk about yeah. with this year's bracket. The number one thing that I think you have to talk about is distractions. A lot of the top teams in the bracket have major question marks. Yeah. One of... And a bunch of injuries, too. Injuries. Yeah. And so, so you look at Alabama. I don't think you can have watched college basketball over the last month or two and not think that they're the best team. Does that mean they're going to win the national championship? Of course it doesn't. Yeah. Also, another big picture topic is... This was a year where we had a million teams ranked number one. Mm -hmm. Every major conference team the lost. The team that started least... off number one didn't even make the tournament. Exactly. <laughs> and every major conference team lost at least five games. So it's wide open. Wide open. But Alabama has played the best basketball in one of the best leagues over the last couple of months. And oh, by the way, Brandon Miller brought a gun that was eventually used to kill somebody. Yeah, that's a problem. So how do you deal with that does that actually matter because it hasn't mattered has up yet. to this right. moment but more questions are coming and while the questions from pat 40 are great over the last yeah. couple of weeks the further alabama goes cnn's going to be there and mm -hmm. fox news is going to be there and nbc and abc and every press conference is going to be oh congratulations on scoring 24 points and grabbing seven rebounds and advancing to the next round and oh by the way you brought a gun <laughs> so right how does, how does that, that play that, into that play it? it but, but yeah. you can go down right. the line and this is the fifth annual bearded carcast ncaa selection it might be my favorite yeah. i've got a lot of favorites but it might be my favorite yeah. kansas is very very good mm-hmm their coach didn't just spend a few nights <laughs> yeah. in a hospital. He got several stints yeah. and it, it wasn't like he was, I, I don't know. Um, you know, he, he fell down when he was running yeah. and he needed his leg looked at. He wasn't dehydrated. Right. He had a semi major, major kind of heart procedure. Right. Yeah. So how does that, <laughs> how does that play, play in? into right. it? You have teams, UCLA, Tennessee with significant contributors that are hurt and are not coming back for the NCAA tournament. If you wanted a team where everything seemed to be going fine and is right, that eliminates half the teams in the bracket. Look, look at Houston. Houston with Marcus Sasser is one of the best yeah. teams in the country. Houston without Marcus Sasser is 
a middle-of-the-road team in a yeah. major conference. Well, he didn't play in the championship game. Probably for precautionary reasons, sure. probably the smart thing to do. But do we know he's coming back and is going to be better immediately? Or can they skate through the first game or two with a 50-50 or kind of okay Marcus Sasser? I, I don't know. So th there are a lot of those kind of things in the bracket. And then it's interesting to watch some of the, the shows that are on. Jay Billis is kind of renowned for saying they're number one seeds because they're the best teams yeah. and picking very chalky. And I don't think he had any number one seeds in his final four. It's been that type of year. The fifth place team in the major conference is not that much better than the ninth place team. And the number one team is not that much better than the fifth place team. And there were unbelievably few upsets in yeah. championship week. The teams that were supposed to win the major, you know, mid-major conferences, they did. There were two good teams in the MAC. One of them advanced. There was one good team in the Patriot League. They're in the bracket. College of Charleston played like garbage in their conference tournament. They still won. Like, so all right. of those pesky mid-majors, yeah. it, it's not like... Well, there oh, were a lot of bid-stealers is what you're saying. Not a lot of bid-stealers. Yeah. And, and the same thing in the major conferences. Ohio State went on a run, but didn't even make the championship game. Yeah. So you, the bottom of the bracket and the middle of the bracket comparatively are very strong. So it, it should be really, really fun. I'm certain yeah. there's going to be lots of mayhem, and, and it'll be great, as it always is. As it always is. Well, let's, uh, let's, I mean, so obviously, what did you think of the number ones? I mean, everything, did you think anyone was deserving of a number one that didn't get it? Or The teams weren't so much better or worse no. this year. There, there's no argument at the bubble. Oklahoma State or Rutgers, come on now. Yeah. Like, they just, they weren't good enough. Like, now, could they have been in over Nevada or Pitt? Sure, those teams weren't good enough either. Like, there, there's no major argument. Like, if you want to tell me that, Texas or Marquette or Arizona should have been a number one seed. Sure. But what, what, it doesn't really make any difference. I, like, like, yeah, I got no, I got no beef. No with beef that. there. I mean, not, not, no, it's nothing, fine. Nothing. I mean, and the brackets this year, I think the West is loaded. I, I think the West is the strongest. Yeah, bracket that's what I was going to ask you. What, a pretty like, significant margin, but they're mostly balanced. I mean, is the West a little bit tougher? Yeah. I, I essentially think, one through five or six in the seating lines can all come out of the West. I'm not sure I would say that about the other ones. I, I don't like three, four, five in the Midwest. I do think Houston and Texas are, are better than those teams. But, I mean, they did a reasonable job. I mean, there's been a lot said about Texas A&M is underseeded. I mean, they played a garbage non-conference yeah. schedule. So I, I, I don't, I think basically it was right. You know who was underseeded? Princeton. Princeton mm. actually should probably be a 13 or a 14, and they ended up as a 15, I think, or something like that. But uh, Yeah, they were 15 yeah, playing Arizona. I, I, I mean, it, it, it's, it's fine. I, I think they did a pretty good job. I don't think it was a hard year to be on the committee. I had lunch yeah. last week with someone on the committee, and they were worried about if Charleston lost the yeah. championship game and all of these various things going on. Yeah, but that stuff didn't happen. I, I don't yeah. think it was a particularly difficult year. It wasn't a particularly difficult year. All right, so everyone is going to say, you know, for the upset-minded, and part of the reason why we, we do this, right, is because most people listening – spend a fraction of the time watching basketball games than you do. So so we, we glean your experience, Dave, 
to uh to to find some of the the, the big upsets and everyone's kind of it's the the popular thing now is the five twelve game. Yeah, the five twelve has been talked about for years, and and the numbers the numbers justify it because a ton of twelve seeds actually win. I mean, a lot of these come down to matchups and the coaches and, and all that sort of thing. But yeah, I mean, I, I watch a lot of games. Guess what? I've got my own biases too. I grew up out West. I like the West Coast teams. I think Arizona and UCLA are really good. I think Gonzaga and St. Mary's are really good. I think those Mountain West teams are pretty good. Guess what? The Mountain West hasn't won a tournament game in three years. The Pac-12, I don't think, has won a national championship since Arizona in the late 90s, something like that. So, So, I mean, you know, I do. I have done research. I have taken notes. I do have opinions. They're as good as anyone else's opinions, but I've watched a lot of games. So yes. my opinions might be based on more of what I've yeah. seen, but you know, yeah. who, who knows? Do you have anything off the charts? Interesting. Is there a particular team or, or someone you do or do not like Is there anything that jumped off the page to you? Um, well, I, I kind of just for the first round, um, I kind of went with, um, kind of relationships, right? So, um, Obviously, our city taking on uh, number five, San Diego State. What a them. fantastic <laughs> what matchup. A good, yeah. San Diego <laughs> State is as slow a tempo. They, they play like Virginia, for those who haven't yeah, watched. Right. Opponents shoot under 30% from three against them. And opponents average 64 points a game. And they smash you on the glass. And they don't really score particularly well. If you watch the Mountain West Championship game, whatever day that was, Saturday or Sunday, I mean, at one point, I think Utah State went like nine minutes with one field goal, or they were three of 18 at one point, and it was still a close game. Meanwhile, College of Charleston runs up and down the yeah. court and they pound the offensive of glass and they shoot a million threes. So it's, it, it, it's a fascinating matchup. That bracket has two fascinating matchups. Well, yeah, usually, Virginia and Furman is exactly, going to be interesting. And usually you see the small conference team want to limit number of possessions yeah. and slow the game down and have a chance to throw in a three at the buzzer and win. Here you've got the two up-tempo, high-scoring teams that are 12 and 13s against the 4 and 5 who are very defensive-minded and slow. So that that's kind of the opposite of what we normally see. I think those will be really popular upset picks, yeah. and, and I think they're going to be close games because Virginia and San Diego State only play close games. I mm-hmm. personally like Virginia and San Diego State, I think the difference between those two games is the coaching. Mm. Pat Kelsey's been to the NCAA tournament a bunch of times, so he's been through this and he understands this. Did you read the thing about their charter last night? No. The NCAA changed the rules. It used to be if you were within 350 miles of an NCAA venue, you had to bus. If it was more than 350, the NCAA sent a charter. They changed it this year to 400 miles, and Charleston's 380 miles from Orlando. So Charleston said, we'll find our own charter. Thanks, but no thanks on the bus. Good for them. (laughs) I I just, Bob Ritchie hasn't been in the NCAA tournament. That doesn't mean he's not going to be an unbelievable NCAA tournament coach, but, but he's going up against a guy who's won national championship. 
Right. I, I think that's difficult. Whereas Brian Dutcher has been around a really, really good program at San Diego State, but we just touched on the Mountain West struggling recently, and, and Kels has been there and done that. It, it's a it's a fascinating matchup of styles. And normally, the teams that play slow dictate the styles. Yeah. So what does that mean for Charleston playing that slower tempo? They're really, really deep, and they they play. I mean, if you've watched them play, it appears they have 12 Kyle Zunicks on <laughs> Every single guy will absolutely <laughs> run, run through, through a, a brick yeah, wall. Yeah. I, I love the way they play. I think it'll be a fascinating game. I think it's one of the better first round games. But for those that are jumping up and down about College of Charleston, hey, they had an unbelievable year. They played an absolute. 31 wins. They played a garbage schedule. Yeah. Their league was terrible. Now, the top of the league was actually pretty good, yeah. but there were just a lot of not very good right. teams in there. And, and they have an opportunity to win. And they have an opportunity to win multiple games because guess what? Yeah, the scout for San Diego team. State is the yeah. exact same thing as the right. scout for Virginia. Yep. You, you beat one of them, you got a heck of a chance to beat two of them. But San Diego State's a five seed for a reason. They were the best team in that conference. I thought that conference was pretty good this year. And they're an adult in the room. Could go either way. I think that'll be a real popular pick. I think the point spread's probably pretty low. I think it's probably four, five, six, something like that. And I don't know that I would lay the points. But, I mean, Charleston can win. Furman can win. I don't think either are foregone conclusions or like abundantly likely. I think they're both in the, you know, 40 to 50% yeah. chance. And, and the next game in that uh, bo- next line would be the 6-11 game. Of course, DJ Burns, DJ Buckets played at NC State playing Creighton out of the Big East. What is that? Do you think that? Uh, the, I think it's uh, two bad basketball teams. <laughs> Creighton, Creighton can't stop anyone. Yeah. They like when the money's on the line, you have to get down in a stance yeah. and stop someone. Right. They can't stop can't anybody. Stop anybody. That's a, a problem. A, NC State, um, I think they've lost three or four coming into the tournament. Uh, I, I love DJ. I, I'm fascinated watching them. I think they did beat Duke in January. Yep. I think they beat Memphis early in the year. They don't have a million big wins. I, I don't really mm-hmm. like either of those teams. I think NC State's got a chance to pull a mild upset. I think Baylor's better than both of them and better than UCSB. I think Baylor and Arizona got very cushy draws. I think they will play in a Sweet 16 in Louisville, whereas some other brackets, they're, they're much, much more difficult round of 32 games for, for top seeds like, like Alabama. I mm-hmm. mean, Alabama's the number one overall seed. I think they deserve to be that. I'm not huge on Maryland or West Virginia, but I think West Virginia, who who plays that Bob Huggins style, they're tougher than can be. They're defensive-minded. I think they give Alabama a much more interesting game than Creighton or NC State gives Baylor. And, and, and the same thing with several other kind of top teams. I mean, I, I, I think Baylor and Arizona got pretty cushy draws. All right, anything else before we exit the South? Anything that... You want to get into there? I, I really like Arizona. I think Arizona's got a very, very good basketball team. I think Tommy Lloyd needed the experience of being in the tournament mm-hmm. last year. They are they have the best bigs in the country. Tabellus is an NBA lottery pick. He is fantastic. He's a classic European 4-5 guy. But, but Balo, who I think is from Mali, He's a man child. <laughs> yeah. um, and they play both of them together yeah. quite a bit. I mean, they are big. They are tough. The question is, are the guards good enough? A- a- and I think they are. And for for Big South interest, Cedric Henderson's had a very nice year for Arizona as kind of their fifth, yeah, sixth played a Campbell guy. Uh, the last couple of years. Um, I-, I really like Arizona. I, I think Arizona is 
I think they have an opportunity to make a, a deep run. All right, so moving on to the East, um, you know, one thing that kind of jumps out there is, and this may be a little bit too wonky, but you know, you have Ed Cooley, Providence, number eleven seed, number six, Kentucky. Cal's kind of had up and down, but Kentucky's been playing, you know, they're arguably their best basketball of the season. And Ed Cooley's a guy that uh, I don't know if he's playing for a job, but certainly he's been mentioned as maybe potentially. Uh, getting a good look at Georgetown. So I think from from kind of a not just the game, but from outside the game, that game has some interesting characteristics. Yeah, so in the 6-11 in the South, I said that Creighton and NC State weren't very good. And, and I'll go a step better with these. I think Kentucky and Providence are uninspiring. Like, like they're, they're fine. Kentucky is obviously incredibly gifted. Sheepway is tremendous. Mm-hmm. These teams really parallel each other. They're both very, very good on the glass. And both teams are, are kind of big and they block shots and, and they more or less don't shoot themselves in the foot. But neither of them is like really good. They, and like really good is, is, is probably not the way I want to put it. Neither of them has played to their ability. Yeah. They're both capable. Yep. If one of them were in the Sweet 16, the Elite Eight, the Final Four, I don't think it would be shocking but I don't, I don't love either of them. And, and that's why they're in a 6-11 game. I don't like the bottom of that bracket one bit. I don't like a single team in the bottom of that bracket. Kansas State, it, it, t- to me, is probably the worst of the three seeds. Um, and Marquette, I think, has a really tough first-round draw. Yeah. It, it, for those who have listened to this podcast, over the years. I don't like teams that just played a ton of games with maximum effort this most recent weekend. I think you're much better off to have lost earlier. I'd like to save that energy. I kind of think they've shot their shot Mm. Marquette. And like, I I, I respect the job that Chaka smart has done. I think Vermont is an incredibly difficult first round game. And this is not the Vermont that we've seen over the last three or four or five years. This is a team that really struggled in November and they don't have the NBA guys. Vermont sent a guy or two to the NBA over the last few years. They, They don't really have that. But this game reminds me so much of the 2016 first round matchup. You remember West Virginia was a three. Stephen F. Austin was a 14. That was press Virginia. West Virginia pressured the entire game. Stephen F. Austin had veteran guards. They didn't turn the ball over, and they won the game. game. What does Vermont do well? One of the best in the country. They turn it over less than 10 times a game. Their assisted turnover rate is tremendous, and they shoot the ball really well. Strong turnover margin. What's Marquette's game plan? It's Shaka Smart. It's Havoc. It's Press. If that doesn't work, if they don't turn you over, if they don't get fast break points, then what is the offense for Marquette? John Becker has been in the tournament year in and year out for Vermont. Again, I don't love his roster. When Finn Sullivan is one of your two best players, I I watched Finn play at at San Diego. He's a good player. He's a rotational piece. He's a nice catch it off a screen and throw the ball in. I don't think Vermont is like one of the Vermont teams that you go, this is a sweet 16 team. 
But I think the matchup is very, very interesting. I, I, I think Marquette wants to play a team that is a little bit soft with the ball, is, is a little bit unsure, maybe is better in the post than at guard. Vermont plays four or five guards all the time. Yeah. Their bigs aren't particularly good. So I, I like Vermont a little bit, not necessarily to win the game. I do think they'll cover. I think it'll be a more competitive game than a 15-2 game should be. I think there have been nine or so, 9-10, 15-2 upsets over the years. There are two of them that I think are possible in this bracket, and Vermont's the one I probably like the most. And that bottom of that East bracket, I don't love anyone. I mean, everyone's going to talk about Izzo in the tournament. I thought this was a very middling Michigan State team. They're fine. There's nothing wrong with them. They're going to play USC. USC is is a is a. A roller coaster ride. When they huh. beat Arizona or UCLA, you go, oh, wow. And then they lay an egg against mm. someone else. Now, they had a guy that was out a bunch of the year, came back around the start of the conference season. I think USC is better than Michigan State, but marginally so. And then USC, Marquette, Kentucky, Kansas State, Providence. They all just kind of look the same to me kinda in the bottom, the bottom of that yeah. bracket. The top, I mean, what are we going to do with Purdue? <laughs> like, they they haven't gone to the Final Four since something like 1980, 1981. Yeah. Zach Eady is tremendous, but he's, he's your great. classic Big Ten, not overly athletic, yeah. big man. He requires the guards to get him the ball. They play a lot of freshmen in the backcourt. I mean, everyone knows that Matt Painter can coach. Yes. But how many years in a row does the Big Ten have to let us down, right? I mean, the, the Big yeah. Ten hasn't had a national championship since Izzo with Michigan State. What what year was that? I feel like I was in college. Yeah, wasn't like that 03 or 20 02 years or, ago yeah, or so, something like that? It wasn't 03 Syracuse. Oh, well, not 03, but 02. Um, I mean, it, 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 it's been it's been a minute. It, and you look at that bracket and you look at Memphis. When Memphis is good, they're really good. They, they have a couple of flashy non-conference wins. Duke. Duke has been the most talented team in the ACC all year. It took them a while to get it together. They're the team that won their conference tournament, Mm -hmm. and I feel like kind of needed to. It punctuated that they're playing really well right now. They were good defensively all year. They've gotten better offensively. They've kind of figured out their team. But they do have a guy coaching the tournament that's never been the head coach in the NCAA tournament before. I think they're going to be everyone's five pick. Everyone's like not top seed to make it. And and I think the draw against Tennessee is probably a pretty good one. Zykeer Ziegler is out for the year and he's their point guard. And Purdue is kind of like the, they're they're good, but do we trust the Big Ten? Uh, I I don't know. That that East Mm. bracket, something, something funky wouldn't shock me. In there, well, Whereas, Memphis and FAU can both at times this year have been dangerous. I think Memphis is better than FAU. Yeah. Like, like you look at those 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 upset teams, and like when Winther beat Notre Dame, could you have figured that out? They had beaten a Power Five yeah. team during the year. They had beaten several good mid major teams during the year. They had been in the tournament before. They had been disappointed the previous year. Florida Atlantic didn't play anyone in the non-conference and they beat up on a not very good league 
And now they're playing a team that is a lot more athletic than them and has the best player on the court and maybe the two best players on the court. So can Florida Atlantic win? Yeah, of course, it's an 8-9 game. Memphis is is the way I described USC. They play great mm. games and they play terrible <laughs> games. I, I, Roller coaster. Yeah, I mean, that, that could go either way. But of these upsets that people are talking about, Florida Atlantic, A, it's not a big upset. It's a nine versus an eight. And B, I don't see the resume. I don't see something that tells me, oh, yeah, yeah, they're they're really something. Can they win? Of course. Can they win twice? Yeah, why not? (laughs) But but they're not one that I'm really fixated on. All right. Anything else in the East? Before we do a reset, we probably should reset the beer. I, I think I think we more or less covered. covered. I mean, Tennessee's a difficult team to gauge, right? Because they're without the point guard. I don't think Louisiana's great. And, and I think when they play Duke, if they play Duke, I think everyone's going to talk about Duke yeah. because Duke is kind of the hot team right now. So I, I, I'm not opposed. Well, it's a fresh face too. Right. John I'm not Shire. opposed yeah. to taking Tennessee. Standpoint. At one point, they were they were ranked number one this year. Oral Roberts is worth talking about too. Um, I mean, they, they made the huge run a couple of years ago. They yep. have a couple of those kids back. Abmus or Abmus uh, averages over 20 a game. I, I, I mean, they, they, they're they're pretty good. I mean, they, 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 they're reasonable. I mean, sometimes when people zig, you want to zag. If yeah. everyone likes Duke, right. it yeah, is one away. of those 12-5 yeah, yeah, yeah. games a, you talked about. M- maybe, you know, everyone's going to like Charleston and everyone's going to like... Um, um, VCU. VCU's well, well, maybe maybe Oral Roberts is one you should think about again. Duke first coach never been in the tournament as a head coach. They they just played in the ACC tournament. Maybe they they shot their shot in the tournament. So they, they, that, that's not crazy. This is the Bearded Carcast. Mike Pacheco, Dave Friedman, the fifth annual Bearded Carcast NCAA Extravaganza. And it's brought to you by you. So thanks for listening to the Bearded Carcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we got the left side of the bracket, uh, the East and the South taken care of. Uh, let's start. Do you have any particular preference whether you want to go Midwest or West here? I'll go with the Midwest. Let's go I don't with the, Midwest. Like the Midwest. You don't like the Midwest. I don't. Why? I, I don't like the Midwest because I don't like the middle seeds, the upset sort of teams, the three, fours, and fives, I don't really like that much. And, and let's talk about Houston. They have their best player. Their guy is not particularly healthy right. or wasn't healthy. Right. So we don't know what Back to spasms. expect out of them. And uh, Sasser. Sasser. And what is Houston? What is the marquee out-of-conference win? What is it that they have done that lead you to believe that if they played in the Big 12 or they played in the SEC, that they wouldn't have been the same as, you know, Baylor? Like, why wouldn't have they been 12-6 and six in a good conference or 13-7 and seven or, or even 15-3? Like, like that league had two good teams yeah. and they beat Memphis twice and they lost to him once without 
Sasser. And yeah, they, they get to play in Houston if they make it to the final four. And I think with Jim Nance in his final year doing the tournament, yeah. and he's a Houston alum and the tournament, the, the final four in Houston, it would be just an amazing story. I thought Houston was the best team in the country when they tipped off the season at the beginning of November. I loved them last year and Sasser got hurt. If you watch them play, they do all the things the Kelvin Sampson teams do. They defend like crazy. They rebound. They big boy you. Turnover margin. All of that sort of stuff. But I don't think they are dramatically better than the top teams in the top conferences. Yet, they are seated number one. So, like, they're reasonable. If we were to tier the teams to win the national title, Alabama is either in a tier by their own or they're like 10, 12 teams in the top tier. And Houston would be one of those, but I don't think they stick out. Texas, no one is talking about them. Nobody's talking about them. No, I think people are talking about them. I don't think they're talking about the fact that their coach got fired in the middle of the year and has already taken a a new new job. job. (laughs) So you've got Rodney Terry, who I think did a good job at Fresno State and did a good job at UTEP. But there's still some weirdness about you've got an interim coach leading you. Now, he's a a capable, experienced interim coach, but I still think that's weird. And— Kansas was going to be the team that everyone talked about in the Big 12. And we reversed our feelings on that because of one game, the Big 12 championship game. I mean, Texas is good. They are capable. But are they that much better? Remember, Timmy Allen has been out a little bit. And how does he fit into the whole circumstance? I think Houston or Texas is likely to come out of the Midwest because I don't love the other teams in here, but I don't love them any more than anyone else. As in, if we were to move some ones and some twos around, I I would pick UCLA to come out of this. I would pick um, UConn maybe to come out of this. Several of the teams that we're going to talk about in a minute in the West, I like better than the teams in the Midwest. Midwest, I don't like Auburn. I don't think their offense is very good, but Iowa is essentially playing a road game in Birmingham. That's not ideal. I think Drake can beat Miami. I think think that league was top heavy. I think it had two good teams. I have been to Des Moines. I've I've had had a nice meal. Like Clem Chowder or something in Des Moines. No, I think it was a chimichanga. It was a chimichanga, yeah. Uh, the, The coach's kid is a good player. They're another one of those really defensive-minded teams. I, I, I think they've got a chance. I think Kent State has mm. a big chance. I thought the MAC this year, I thought the MAC was better this year than it's been in recent memory. I thought Kent State and Toledo were both pretty good. Coach that's been in the tournament before, Sinsin Carey, the transfer uh from from Duquesne is a good player, mm. and, and they they force a ton of turnovers, and they don't turn the ball over yeah. a ton. And Indiana just has that like they've got NBA players, yeah. and if their NBA players decide to play like NBA players, they can go to the Final Four and win the national championship. Yeah. But boy, they go long stretches in games that are yeah. uninspiring. Um, I, I think Kent State can win. I think Drake can win. Um, I, I don't like Mississippi State or Pitt at all. So I think yeah. Iowa State will get through. Xavier, mm. I don't know. Um, 
Sean Miller had a knack for flaming out of the NCAA (laughs) tournament at Arizona. Now they're dramatically better Xavier than they were uh, the last couple of years. They they do have good players. I I mean, the the way they lost the championship game of the, uh, the, the big East was kind of deflating. I mean, it was a no show, but maybe it was their, you know, third game in three days. I had a Xavier's capable and okay. And I think they're going to run into a, okay, not great Iowa state squad. So, so, you know, one of those two teams is probably in the sweet 16. And then at the bottom there, Texas A&M and Penn State, that's a 50-50 game I can make arguments for and against yeah. both of them. I kind of think Penn State might have played their tournament last week. Right, because they had a good run in the um, Big But Ten I think tournament. they're well-coached, yeah. and I like the way they shoot the three. A lot of people said Texas A&M was underseeded, but they didn't play anybody. I think Texas A&M probably has more quality wins. I like Colgate. Really? I, I don't know that they're going to win, but it's very, very similar to Vermont and Marquette. Mm, okay. Matt Langle is a terrific coach, just like Becker. Why Matt Langle hasn't gotten a better opportunity mm. yet, I, I don't know. I know they pleaded for him to go to LaSalle, and that's a tough situation, so he stayed at Colgate. But he's been there. They 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 do the things you want to do. They don't turn it over. They pass the ball beautifully. They... Uh, they don't foul. I, I, I don't know if they're good enough to beat Texas. It's another one where I think they'll cover. I think right. they're cagey. Close. I think yep. they're good enough. It wouldn't shock me. They're, they're two 15 seeds, Vermont and Colgate. One of them winning, I, I don't think would be a huge upset. Right. And both of the teams they're playing, Marquette and Texas, are those teams that like everyone's on them because we just watched what they did. Well, watch the whole season, and, and you see... Marquette is not that much better than UConn, Xavier, and the rest of that league. And yeah, they won the regular season title and they won the postseason title. But did they use all their energy in doing that? Texas is a little bit the same thing. We just saw them go balls to the walls and and win the conference tournament. It's a very good conference this year. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I'm not saying Vermont and Colgate are going to win. I think they'll play more competitive games right. than you would expect. All right, we probably should talk about the biggest disappointment, um, and that is, and you mentioned this team a little bit earlier, um, but there'll be no mention of the Iron Dukes in this tournament. Yeah, that's tough. That, that, that's tough for all of us. <laughs> but if you listen to our broadcast, you did care about you did, you got, them once you got or twice. Plenty, maybe, yeah, maybe, three, have, maybe three times. It might have come Three up. times a lady. It's possible. All right, and then moving over to the uh, final bracket here in the West. and um, It's loaded. It's loaded. I mean, just. You know, Kansas, um, you know, you look at UCLA, they're a little bit banged up. Um, they're more than a little well, bit banged up. They have two starters. Yeah, hurt, two starters. And we're are... expecting the big guy, Dembona, to return. But Jalen Clark is likely out for likely the year. Out, yeah. Might be the best defensive player in the country. Yeah, now, that's tough to if you like veterans, Jaime Hawkins and Tiger Campbell have been there, done that. Amari Bailey is a freshman guard who... He looks like a future All-American if he doesn't go to the NBA. He looks like he's going to be getting a whole lot of NIL money if he isn't already. And David Singleton's very, very capable. I love Mick Cronin. I have a long-running joke with my friend Jason Sachs. Jason works for the Positive Coaching Alliance, and he uh, he's a good-looking, beautiful family, white picket fence, works for a nonprofit, do-gooder, kind of the perfect yeah. human being. 
and, and we have this long running joke about if you were a division one coach, who would you be? And we always said he would be Jay Wright. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's, he's a perfect Jay yeah, Wright. Right, right. And, and I always said, and it much more fits him at Cincinnati than UCLA. I said, I'd be Mick Cronin, yeah, yeah, yeah. bad hairline, likes to bet on the horses, yeah. yells and curses yeah. and has lots of opinions, but just blue collar and will punch yeah. you in the nuts. And that's UCLA. That's UCLA. But Boy, they're missing. They're missing key guys. Um, I really like UCLA. I don't know. I think they beat Asheville. I don't love Boise State or Northwestern. I think yeah. they're in the Sweet 16. They could play Gonzaga, right. another team that I like a great deal. And th- there's so many teams. Th- this is another big thing about this year's tournament. I was talking to my dad about this a few days ago. He goes, well, Gonzaga is nowhere close to as good as they were yeah. last year. No Nobody one is. is. Yeah. No one is. So you you can look at Kansas. Kansas isn't as good as they are last year. Doesn't mean they're not going to win the national right. championship yeah. again this year. Like you can't make, you can only compare them to the other teams that they're playing and they're in this yeah. bracket because we don't have a, Arizona's another one. Arizona had a, a lottery pick last year and another first round type guy. They don't have those guys. No. They're still really good compared to the teams sure. they actually have to play. I like UCLA. Um, Gonzaga, I, I, I do like. I really like the way they played the last two times against St. Mary's. Their non-conference schedule was terrific, and they beat good teams. They've got Drew Timmy, who's been in college for 18 Ever. years. Strother is outstanding. They are reasonably deep. They score a ton. Are they going to get the stops they need? I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's always that. They played in the WCC, or they battle-tested. Well, I mean, UCLA played in the Pac-12 with an absolutely atrocious Cal team, a bad Oregon State team. Arizona State barely made the NCAA tournament. I I don't know that the Pac-12 was dramatically better than the WCC, and Gonzaga played a fantastic non-conference schedule, and they're mostly healthy while UCLA isn't. And then at the top of the bracket— if you want to tell me that Kansas is the best team in the country, I'm willing to listen to that. And if you want to tell me that Kansas is going to flame out in the first or second round, I'm willing to listen to that too. And the Bill Self thing does concern me, sure. but but they've been there, done that. They, 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 they know what they're doing, and I don't think they got a bad draw. They're going to beat Howard. And Illinois is a team I've liked at times this year. I respect Brad Underwood. They big boy you. They rebound and they block shots. They have difficulty throwing the ball on the basket. And and while I I do very much like Terrence Shannon, they're of the good, not great variety. And we know that the Big Ten hasn't been great in the NCAA tournament. I I think Kansas is in the Sweet 16 playing a St. Mary's or playing a UConn or or whoever you like. You you know I have an incredible soft spot for St. Mary's. I grew up out there. Randy Bennett's my favorite coach in the country. Boy, if you watch them play down the stretch, they had trouble with BYU because yep. BYU pressed a lot. They had trouble with Gonzaga because yep. Gonzaga Twice. pressed a whole yep. lot. And now they get to play VCU who presses the whole game. It, it's not a good matchup for St. Mary's. Now, I, I, I don't have it in me to pick against the Gales, but if you have an inclination with VCU, if you yeah. thought the A-10 was better than I right. did this year— it, it, 
then then you should pick them because well, how, it, how great would it be? And you know, a lot of things would have to go right for this. But how great would it be for Gonzaga and St. Mary's to meet in the West? Yeah, in uh, Las Vegas, we've already seen yeah. that show once, and yeah. it wasn't close. Gonzaga kicked their back end. I mean, the the question with St. Mary's is. How good is the practice the last week and a half on yeah. press break, and how how is it gonna <laughs> yeah. how is it gonna work in Albany? Right. Um, and, and UConn are they whipping ball screens? Do we know? Like all, all we're worried about is press break. <laughs> and, and UConn, um, UConn might kind of look a little like Gonzaga. Yeah. They they might be they able could, to kind of yep. out physical St. Mary's a, a little bit too. UConn's a team I I have tried really really hard. To get in, I, I I was watching the Big East tournament. I've seen a lot of UConn at the beginning of the year. They looked like one of the five best teams in the country. Yeah. I, I don't like their offense down the stretch. It it does not look like it is particularly um, cohesive. Mm. I don't know that they know where they want to go with the ball. I I don't love what they do at the end of games. I do think they're really talented and I certainly like the way they play because they big boy, they rebound, mm-hmm. they go to the offensive glass. They, they are very, very stingy defensively. Um, I, I just, I, I don't know about them end of the game. I, I just, I, I don't have a ton of confidence, but out of that, you could get Kansas, you could get St. Mary's, you could get UConn, you could get UCLA, I, I, Gonzaga, TCU. I think it's absolutely loaded in the West. It's kind of a stay away from me. So Kansas, you, uh, out of the four number one seeds, would you say they have the the hardest path? Um, yeah, I think that's right. I think well, Purdue has a pretty difficult path, too. Either Either Kansas or Purdue probably has the most difficult of the ones. All right, final thoughts before we move on to uh, other things. I mean, I think I think that's a general synopsis. Yeah. I, I think we've we've given you some teams to to think about. Do you have picks? I haven't actually finished filling out a bracket. I really just pounded these first and second round games yeah, that's and thought them through. That's kind of what I did. I, I mean, Alabama is the most talented team. I, I don't think there's any question no. about that. Um, I don't know that they're going to win the national championship. I couldn't pick anyone out of the West. I love a bunch of those teams. I just think that's the bracket of death. It's really, really difficult. Yeah, that's going to be... Um, yeah. The the Midwest... I mean, I'm going to end up picking Houston because the yeah. whole world is picking Texas, but I don't know that Houston is dramatically better than, than one of those other um, kind of SEC Big 12 type teams. I have my doubts about the Big Ten in general, so that that makes me gun-shy in Purdue. I have my doubts on Tennessee because of the missing point guard. Duke, I like Duke. I really do. But it concerns me that they just played so well in the tournament and everyone seems to be picking them. I guess by default I'm going to end up picking Alabama uh, to win it, but I I say that with extremely little confidence. I I think it's, it's pretty wide open, and I think it's a year, Mike, we get a... A VCU, a Butler, Wichita State, some screwball in the final yeah. four, and that that to me makes it a great deal of fun. Right. No, that's that's what it's all about, and that's when like the uh, you know the person in the office that doesn't watch a lick of basketball exactly. wins the bracket, <laughs> right? <laughs> Which is great for them, right? It's good. It's, well, but that's what makes this time yeah. of year great. You could have paid no attention to college basketball, and you could be picking on some you know system that you know your the your you know your dog you know you likes one. <laughs> 
team or yeah. you know whatever yeah, it is right. and 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 you've got a chance at it. That, that's what yeah. makes it fun. I mean, it's winning, winning, you continue and losing, yeah. you go home yeah. and, and all of that stuff and the Cinderella's, it's the best. This is the best. This is the Beard and Carcast, the fifth annual NCAA extravaganza. A couple things uh, before we close it out here we want to get to. Obviously, you know, NFL free agency is uh, is um, kind of in the midst right now. And we also have uh, mentioned the transfer portal. And Winthrop. Open, and Winthrop University. And, um, oh, and the Panthers had a huge trade to well, move let's up start, to Let's start. One. We'll finish up college basketball. Okay. Winthrop lost in the first round of the tournament. How do you surmise the season as a whole? Well, I think it, it's. Uh, I mean, I think no matter who you are, uh, you know, if you picked, you know, second or third preseason poll, and you know, you bring back uh, some good pieces, you know, you, you finish as the number six seed. You know, clearly it's disappointing. And then you throw in the fact that you know Winthrop is a perennial power in the Big South, and I think it just stings a little bit more. Uh, I think disappointing is the right word. Yeah. It wasn't awful. No, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't. Um, but it didn't match expectations. Didn't It didn't match expectations. Why? Uh, well, I think I said something about being the sixth seed. Uh, I mean, but, just didn't but win. Why enough. were they the sixth seed? Well, they didn't win enough games. And I know, um, I mean, if you watched like you and I did, I mean, it was, you know, I think turnovers, they didn't protect the basketball. And that was the and, problem for a long defense, portion of the season, including but, no, but, but, in the tournament. But yeah, but um, and then they, they could never get a stop when they needed it. That's it. That, that that's yeah. it. And whether you want to say it's because of offensive rebounding, because they gave up a ton of offensive rebounds, and if you want to say it's because of turnovers, teams got run. Yeah, outs. but the bigger problem was that in a bunch of games, the team not only did they lose the the field goal percentage battle, but it was like the other team was shooting better than like forty eight or forty nine percent. No question, the defense simply yeah. wasn't good enough. That that's what it was. And again. When you turn the ball over, it often leads to fast breaks. Those are high percentage yeah. shots. When you give up offensive rebounds, usually the other team has the ball right underneath the basket. So, so that's right. part of it. But the defense wasn't good enough. Now, Mike Anuma being out didn't help, and Howie Fleming being out didn't help. Well, Chase and, had to play like 36 minutes a game. Right. It, they, 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 weren't, they, they weren't deep at all. They ended up playing six guys. Yeah. But th- if you were to say what happened, the defense wasn't good enough. Yeah. That, that's what happened. And now we get into the transfer portal opening today. Tenari Lane is in the portal. Howie Fleming is in the portal. I, I don't know. I mean, losing Tenari Lane certainly isn't a good thing. Right. I, I don't think anyone would right. say, man, we, we love losing a guy that shot 39% from three. Right. But, but he, he's, he's, an, he's a role player. Yeah, and he, I think you could say the same thing about Howie Fleming, as we did about the team, it was disappointing. You know, he he got right. hurt. Never really. I think they were expecting. You know, at least a. a they thought he was a rotational starter, player, rotational maybe guy. a starter. Yeah. No question. So, that 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 stuff is on the fringes. It, it, it it's, you would like to have, Tenari back. It's not the end of the world that he is not back. In the same way that losing Russell Jones last year, right. you would have liked to have him back. Yeah. He wasn't going to be the difference. If Russell Jones had been on this team, they win a game more, two games more, right. the same number of games. They lose one more game. He wasn't going to be the ultimate difference maker. Same thing with Tenari Lane. Kelton Telford is. Yeah. A- and we don't know yet. Don't we don't know, know if, if KT know. Yeah. is coming back or not. If Kelton Telford comes back, 
assuming, and, and I'm assuming because these guys have already transferred that they don't have right. that the, they don't have the stomach to go sit out somewhere else. So that that assumes that Kaysen Harrison's back. It assumes that Sincere McMahon is back. If you have Kelton Telford back, you've got three really good players. You might have the best point guard in the league. You might have the best center in the league. And you have a more than capable two-way wing who now goes back to playing wing and not having to play any point guard. And I think you're in really good shape. All you need to add is periphery pieces, more Tenari Lane type guys, guys around. Now, you're going to have to change your defensive philosophy. If Micah Newman, Chase Claxton come back, one or both, that, that would be phenomenal. That's obviously their choice. They've been around forever. Um, but if KT leaves, you're going to need to hit a home run in the portal. Right. You're, you're going to need a Corey Hightower or better yeah. out of the portal. You're going to need an impact all-conference player. Guess what? Each of the last two years, they've gotten all-conference players out of the portal. Hightower last year yeah. and Harrison this year. I understand that Harrison wasn't officially on the all-conference yeah, but he team. Was definitely he, he should have been yeah. on the all-conference definitely team. But all if caliber. you lose KT, you're going to need to bring in one and maybe two, two. all-conference yeah. type players. Doesn't mean they have to be the player of the year. Doesn't mean they have to be on the first team all-conference. Right. You're, you're going to need impact right. But they players. have to be upper echelon, big South players. No, no question about it. Yeah. Any thoughts? I wanted to talk very briefly yeah. on uh, the coaching carousel. Wow, it's been crazy. <laughs> I mean, in particular, uh, welcome back, Will Wade, and yeah. welcome back, Chris Beard. And I, I mean, now does Will Wade keep the trucking company? Or? Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's 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 not surprising that those guys are getting another chance. And but I think disappointing might be the word if you're if you're looking for. I mean, I, I think the barn door has has uh, been flung wide open as far as there's ethics, no right? question. Georgia Tech, it seemed like was on the verge of hiring Willie Fritz yeah. in football. I thought Willie Fritz would have been an absolute home run, and, and they didn't get pen to paper, and they didn't get Willie Fritz. Yeah. The reporting today is that they are on the verge of getting Damon yeah, Stoudemire. Pete Thamel reporting that. I love Damon yeah, you love that, yeah. I did several Pacific games yeah. a handful of years ago. That's a really, really hard place to hard win. place. Stockton is not a fertile recruiting right. ground. The facilities are not good. It's the worst job in the league, and he had them respectable. It reminds me a lot of Tim Craft at Gardner Webb. Yeah. If you don't think that Tim Craft has done a great job, you're not paying, you're not paying attention. attention, or you haven't been to he Boiling Springs. He yeah. has exceeded expectations and probably merits a better job than sure. he has. So. Damon couldn't get a better job. He, he couldn't crack that door open. No one would listen to, hey, man, I'm 500 at Pacific. That is a miracle playing Gonzaga and St. Mary's yeah. and all of these more resource teams. So he left. He became an assistant with the Celtics. And now he's allegedly, reportedly going to Georgia Tech. Home run. Yeah. Home run. Georgia Tech's program has had Good moments over the years. You can sell history there, no doubt about it. It's good facilities. I think you're right in the middle of Atlanta. I absolutely, absolutely yeah. love that hire. And then there's the Rick Patino stuff. Rick Patino, yeah, right. He's he been seems to be in the mix a bunch of places. Yeah. Um, I I don't know anything. I don't have any insight on the coaching carousel, but I love it. I think it's fascinating. Yeah, it's it's outstanding. And Ole Miss with uh, Chris Beard and. Uh, Georgetown, Notre Dame, those will be interesting hires. 
no question. And it could be, you know, it could be, you know, well, and, and that's and the thing. If Micah Shrewsbury leaves yeah. Penn, Penn State, State then, right, then the that dog. job opens. Yeah. And let's say, for the sake of argument, I, I've no, I'm, I'm not creating a rumor. I have no idea. But let's say Penn State gets one of those guys I talked about earlier, John Becker from Vermont yeah. or Matt Langell from yeah. Colgate. Now those jobs open right. up. Oh, Vermont's yeah. a really good job. Yeah. So, the like, like yeah, the trickle down. The trickle down. It's, it's fun. The big news here, obviously, was the Panthers trading the number one. Yeah. Um, I wasn't surprised. You you and I have talked about this before. Well, they already went down the road of exactly. recycled quarterbacks. Right. And, okay, David Carr, maybe it's, I mean, he is a better version Derek of Carr. Uh, Derek Carr. Uh, you know, maybe he's a better version of Sam Darnold, but, you know. I mean, Derek Carr, and you had it, the, and Derek you, Carr is Kirk Cousins. Yeah. He, he's good. He is a, you know, 12 to 18, something yeah. like that. He's the 10th best quarterback in the league, the 12th best quarterback in the league, the 15th best quarterback in the league. The Panthers were done searching for that. Yeah. They, they were changing modes. And it was so clear. Either they had to go after Aaron Rodgers or they had to get a guy through the draft. And at their draft position, you were going to get the third or fourth or fifth pick. Right. So you make the bold move and you move and you go and do it. And you still have, I think they still have like five or six picks in this year's draft. So it's not like they... Uh, I mean, they paid the price it takes. And they, didn't, look, they didn't overpay. They didn't right, underpay. Right. They paid what it takes. I mean, the way things have changed in the NFL yeah. is the premium to move up in the draft has gone up dramatically. Because you have to remember, you're getting two things. You're not only getting your quarterback, you're getting a cheap quarterback. Right. If you bring right. in Derek Carr, you are paying him a whole bunch right. of And then you're money. hamstrung and you can't. Right. Yeah. So like, do you want the salary cap issue or do you want the draft pick yeah. issue? So they traded the draft picks. I, I think they kind of got away with murder trading a wide receiver who I like. I, I, I think DJ Moore's a good wide receiver, maybe a very good wide receiver, but he's not a transcendent wide receiver. He's not the best wide receiver right. in the NFL. Rice. He's on a contract yep. 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 that is... I mean, it, it's reasonable. He's getting paid exactly what he ought yeah. to be getting paid. It is not a huge bargain. It is also not a fleecing by any stretch of the imagination. And he's 26 years old, I yeah. think, which means he's probably got two or three more really good years yeah. and then some not as good years. I, I think it's going to end up being one of the one of my friends asked me over the weekend. I said, I think it's going to end up being one of those things where it's going to work for both sides. No, it only works if they draft the right guy. If they draft That's the right guy. That's what I'm saying. No, but I mean, if it works out right... Like if they get the right quarterback, then it was a good trade for both right. sides. And if they get the wrong quarterback, well, then that's the, on them. And, the, and then they're back where they were not, like five years. Right. right. But, 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 but like whether it be Justin Herbert or Tua or whoever it is you draft really early, that's scouting yeah. and that's in the front office. Right. You have a relatively new general manager. You have a new coaching staff and they – as they should, believe in themselves to identify talent. And now they're going to go hand choose the guy they want. And if it doesn't work out, that's on them. Correct. And I got no beef with that. And for a fan base that has watched kind of middling guys now for several years, I mean, you can trot out uh, the, the backup quarterback or the 18th best quarterback in the league or the past his prime Cam Newton, yeah. all you want. And you can sell it to the fan base, and because they love the home team, they will cheer for him. But 
your future with Tyler Heineke is, <laughs> well, we can use him till we get to the next yeah. guy. Now you got the next guy. Right. So in terms of juice, are you excited? Yeah. If the guy doesn't work out two or three years down the line, okay, you overpaid, you drafted the wrong guy, you have to start over, fine. But for the next two or three years, you're going to be able to watch a young quarterback develop, and everything he does good, you're going to go, oh, I see the future, I can right. see it. And everything he does bad, you can go, yeah, but he's only he's right. only 21 years well, old. And you also got commitment from the front office to, to put in a extremely, if not the most experienced coaching staff in the NFL. Absolutely. I mean, like, so I just, it makes sense. I mean, I, I had I no problem with sense. it. I think it makes sense, too. Now, and why not? Like, what do you got to lose? Right. I mean, well, what you have to lose is. No, but what I mean is uh, you've already done that. Yes. So why not do this? Right. Now, the assessment has to be. And, and I, I would You've not, done that. I would. Now let's do this. I wouldn't pretend to be a, a football talent evaluator. You have to be darn sure that this is a good quarterback class or not a good quarterback class. You'd be darn sure there's one guy who's right. going to be really, really good. But you got to project one because guy who can be if, a top 10 quarterback. If your scouting department, your, your front office says, you know, there's just, there's not a guy this year or there, there are three guys and they're all kind of okay. Well then, you, then you can't make the move. You have to like everyone in the media is saying, no, they haven't decided on their guy. They've decided on their guy. You don't make the move without having. No, you know decided. who. Right, right. They, this they, isn't. This isn't. A, well, well, we'll we'll wait three weeks to no. Right, they, you're they right. know exactly. They know exactly. It it's either the guy yeah. from Alabama or the right. guy from Ohio State. Ohio State, yeah. And, and maybe both. Maybe the guy from Florida. I don't think so. Well, it's either the guy from Ohio State or the guy from Alabama. Yeah. My guess is it's the guy from. I Alabama. agree with you, but that's. But but a lot of people are saying the guy in Florida. Sure. I have no idea whether yeah. those guys are going to be good NFL right, players right, right, or not, but like they know because you don't put that much on the table without going, Hey, we got the number one pick. Now what are we going right, to do right. with it? Yeah. Now what are we going to do? Or, or <laughs> we think there's some pretty good players yeah. available. Yeah. No, you, you right. got to know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Well, that's a, a fun filled fifth annual bearded car cast NCAA tournament extravaganza with some NFL added onto the end. Yeah. A twist. A or twist. A bonus. A bonus. Right. Do they pay more for that? No, they don't give. Well, you can pay us. We can Venmo. You can uh, PayPal. You can send us cash. Sponsorship opportunities. Sponsorship opportunities. Doug and Vern. Have, <laughs> they want to sponsor the... Uh, what they want to sponsor? Not the charge. We, we, the we, tech tracker. The tech tracker. That's right. Tech, tech tracker. So if you want to outbid uh, Doug and Vern on the tech tracker... It won't take that much to do. <laughs> Bearded Carcast at Outlook.com. Uh, we might check it. We might not. 